Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. In today's episode, I feel like we're a bit late to talk about this, but we are going to be talking about Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, better late than never, though. So there's always a time for, for everything, and... This is just how the cookie crumbles, so I think it's all right. Hopefully we're not too late. Yeah, so last week's episode, I had a little bit of recording issues, and this week, it's it's a little late to be released um, due to some traveling for work and everything, but now I'm back in my own home with my equipment and everything, so hopefully the sound quality is better, and uh, hopefully we don't have to release episodes late anymore so yeah we'll get right into this one fortnite is an online video game developed by epic games and it was released for early access on july 25th of 2017 there are a few game mode options available to play the most popular being the free-to-play fortnite battle royale this game mode is a free-for-all style matchup and it la- er, and it, the last one standing at the end is the winner. Another game mode that was pretty popular is Fortnite Save the World, which isn't free to play, but it was still really fun. This is a game mode that is co-op tower defense survival. You and up to three other players must build your base and defend waves of zombies. The third game mode is Fortnite Creative, which grants the players freedom to create worlds and battle arenas. The first two game modes, Battle Royale and Save the World, were released in 2017, but the creative didn't arrive until December 6th of 2018. Due to the very successful launch, Fortnite has been released on nearly every platform, even iOS and Android. The success of the game really took off, especially for Battle Royale mode. Over 125 million players joined the game within the first year. And within the first two years, this free-to-play game earned over $9 billion of revenue. And that's billion with a B. But with the success for Epic Games, or but the success for Epic Games didn't stop there. The crazy popularity managed to secure an esports event for Fortnite. And they also landed many investment opportunities. And they even released their own Epic Games Store, which competes with Steam. Epic Games' value currently sits at roughly $29 billion. So I'd say they had quite a bit of success over the past four years. That is a lot of money to be worth something. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a little bit of history over the years before Fortnite. They, They had a company and they were already solid. But, like, Fortnite just really solidified their standing in the video game industry. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. I'm pretty sure most people just think of Epic Games and think of Fortnite. Like. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, they didn't exist, basically, before Fortnite to most people. Yeah, pretty much, because I don't even know what games... I just knew them from Fortnite. Yeah, um, one of my random facts of the day will... What other thing they've created beforehand. So stick around to the end and you'll see what one of their other endeavors were before Fortnite. So as we mentioned, there are a few different game modes. For Save the World, 
Save the World is a player versus environment cooperative game with up to four players playing together towards a common objective on various missions. The game is set after the game is set after a fluke storm appears across Earth, causing 98% of the population to just disappear, and the survivors to be attacked by zombie-like husks. The player takes the role of commanders of home base shelters, collecting resources, saving survivors, and defending equipment that helps to either collect data on the storm or to help push back the storm. From missions, players are awarded a number of in-game items, which include hero characters, weapon and trap schematics, and survivors, all of which can be leveled up through and gain experience to improve their attributes. And then as before, Battle Royale, a player versus player game for up to 100 players, allowing one person to either play alone in a duo or up to a squad consisting of three or four players. Weaponless players airdrop from a battle bus that crosses over the game map. When they land, they must scavenge for weapons, items, and resources, and now even vehicles, while trying to stay alive and to attack and eliminate other players. Over the course of a round, the safe area of the map shrinks down in size due to an incoming toxic storm. Players outside the threshold take damage and can be eliminated if they fail to quickly evacuate. This forces remaining players to f into tighter spaces and encourage player encounters. The last player, duo, or squad remaining becomes the victory royale. Yeah, so I haven't really played much of the battle royale aspect of it, but I have played Save the World, and I just really liked what they did with it. I know we're going to talk about our experiences and stuff a little bit later, but I just really like the tower defense hybrid that they did because it's not quite like high uh, tower defense like balloons tower defense is where it's just place towers and go this one like you're very personal with it it's third person you're running around and you have to engage with it as well i just really liked how they did it although uh, as i've mentioned before it's not really key to their success but i think it was a really good starting point to get people attracted to this game yeah for me they i waited freaking almost four years for the game to come out because it i think the original teaser trailer came out in 2011 but i saw it in uh 2012 at the video game awards they gave a teaser trailer for fortnite and of the state of the world because they didn't they weren't focusing on the battle royale aspect until afterwards but i waited from 2012 for this game to freaking finally come out and it was one of the few games i actually like followed their twitter page they even had a snapchat page where you could get codes to get in the beta testing and everything or alpha key whatever mm -hmm. and i tried to get in every single time like <laughs> this was one game i was so hyped for like i waited literally four years to play yeah two things one way to ruin one of my random facts of the day <laughs> Because I was going to mention at the end about the 2011 thing. But also, yeah, I remember you even bringing this up probably like 2013 or something. It wasn't quite right away because it was still earlier release. But you were raving over this like this is going to be such a great game. I'm just like, oh, so this is going to be really cool. And then it just nothing happened. Nothing happened. 
and it just every year nothing happened with it and you're just like getting so antsy about it the entire time <laughs> and then finally when it dropped you're like you have to get this game and then we went all in and got I the game i think i ended up buying it for you guys yeah you did as a gift yeah so you're just like i'm tired of waiting for you guys to get this game you're playing it well because it was like I could upgrade to like the legendary package, so I got even more in-game items mm-hmm. for myself. And then it was like, oh, and then you could also give a free copy, base copy to someone else. So I was like, you know what? If they're not going to buy it, I'm going <laughs> to buy it for them and then get even more in-game stuff for me. So it's like it's a win-win. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it was. De- it's definitely worth a play. I really liked it. And I'm actually surprised we haven't played it more. We just kind of fell out of the save the world for a while. But it would definitely be fun to pick up again. It's definitely one of those games too. You can just p- pick back up. Yeah, that's for sure. I'll get. There's a few gripes I have about it, but we'll get <laughs> into that literally in just a little bit. Yes, we will. So, just a quick little inspiration for the game that I was reading. The Fortnite lead designer Lee Perry said on Twitter that Minecraft was an inspiration for sure for this game. But the key difference was Minecraft lets you build anything, whereas in this game, they're focusing on constructing buildings specifically. So that's one of the, the main differences. And if you've played the game, you can definitely see the, the major difference between this and Minecraft. Basically, the only key components that they have is you build buildings. I mean... You can't. You don't really have the freedom. You just have walls and structures, and basically whatever you can get creative with that, you can build. But that's about where the differences differ. Yeah, because it, it didn't want you to build. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could still build some crazy things, but like they said, it was supposed to be almost like a tower defense game. So they wanted you to only be able to build mm-hmm. buildings-ish stuff for your traps and everything yeah definitely limited you so you didn't abuse the system basically used it as intended but you can create some pretty cool things so save the world and battle royale obviously have very different play styles first off let's talk about save the world a little bit since i'm assuming most people don't even know this exists it's not really on the radar to most of the casual fortnite players in save the world since it's a pve style You can break it down into the types of missions available to you. There are build a base and survive the onslaught, search and destroy, escort, and home defense missions. These are the main types that you'll really find in the game. However, before we go too far in depth, I need to let you know that there are four different types of characters you can also play. So specifically, there are... There is the scavenger, who excels in gathering resources quickly and efficiently. The constructor, as the name implies, can fortify and build really quick and efficiently. And generally, this person is going to be your tank. There's the soldier, who excels in in medium range with assault rifles. And the lastly, we have the ninja, who is good with close quarter combat. And they usually like to use the melee weapons, and they have double jump, which can be pretty fun. Each class has their own unique ability that help tailor to their strengths. So my favorite class personally is the Constructor, just because I really like base building as well as tanky characters. 
Um, that's mainly just my play style. I don't like to be very strategic when it comes to attacking. I usually like to just run in head first and do as much damage as possible. But I know you, Bobby, have a very different play strategy and different favorite class. Yeah, my favorite class is has to be the scavenger, mostly because it it does have a lot of movement abilities. And even when it comes to like games like Minecraft, I usually like to go and just resource gather as well. So scavenger makes that a lot easier. Plus, I can set up portable turrets. So that's always been the thing for me is a lot of like games that have like an engineer type character. I generally go towards as well. I kind of like how you like to like rush in. I mean, there's sometimes I like to do that too, but a lot of times I kind of like having the like extra allies with me. And not to mention when you're a constructor, I can go around, gather you all the equipment and then you can focus on building. And I'm just like, there we go. Plus I think once, especially once you get to like the later levels of say the world, having at least one constructor is so strong with his, I don't know what his main ability is. It's whatever that thing that like fortifies puts oh, that little yeah. like force field over the thing. Cause if you can get one that upgrades it to where like you can go extra, it auto repairs, it auto give, gives you resources based on like what wall it is. Oh my God. It becomes so strong <laughs> later on. But one side note, I kind of want to put in before we dive in a little bit is as i mentioned before i waited four years for this game so i was playing it like since day one even on my mac when it was like lagging out of control i still played it literally just because i waited so long for this until i realized i could port it over to playstation and not have to <laughs> worry about anything but anyways i just wanted you guys to know if you guys decide to play this all y'all are lucky freaking bitches because when the first came out the number of resources you could hold for wood stone and metal was only 100 one freaking hundred do you know how hard it was to farm resources for your base when you could only hold 100 you had to do a mission have maxed out go to your home base deposit it go back to a mission get maxed out and do this over and over again then they moved it to 300 which was a lot better until they finally made it to 999 that we see today. So, you lucky ass kids, I better not hear anyone <laughs> complaining about how they don't have enough resources because you don't know the true struggle of trying to build a metal base in your homeland area with only 100 resources at a time. Yeah, and metal is one of the hardest to get because it just takes so long, especially early game, just to break. You're just sitting there smashing the cars and just trying to get through. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. It's not a fun time. Not when you're the scavenger and you well. have your little <laughs> anti-material charge. Yeah, that was always nice. Like when you would run around just blowing shit up or destroying shit. It's like, wow, oh, I, I wish I could do I that. remember. Oh, what was it? I forget what you guys were like mining something and I was I, I think you guys were just like looking inside the house or something and I was like here I'm coming and you just seem blow down through a wall and you're like what what was that how do I do that and I'm like no, you can't you, you can't you're, you're an idiot although early stages constructor had a glitch 
with the bull rush ability where you bring out your shield mm-hmm. that you could actually continuously go like keep it going if you did it right and you'd be able to get basically have an anti-material charge and you could bust through cars and everything and gather up all the resources i abused the shit out of that uh back when like the resource limit was only like three or five hundred oh yeah i think when we first started playing taylor and i you told us about that so i tried it i think they already patched it by the time we got in I think they literally patched like you were late by like one or two patches Damn. because I, I do remember that. And like, I looked it up and I was like, Oh yeah, you guys were like literally one or two patches away from it. <laughs> so going back onto the different types of missions, the build a base and survive the onslaught. Now the missions are going to be consider- called different. There's like fight the storm. There's, ride the lightning and another one where it's like the it's up in a balloon and you have time or you can pop it and it falls down i forget exactly what it is but it's exactly what it kind of like sounds like you typically have a certain amount of time to go explore the map gather resources and build a base at a specific location before the horde begins to attack typically for these missions they have a set time limit you have to survive so no speeding up sorry guys you can however typically vote to skip like the prep phase now if you already have enough traps and resources to build a base quickly like in your inventory or whatever or if you feel gutsy enough to fend off the raids with just your characters there are a few variations of this like having to find the object first and then gathering or gathering parts first etc i think the one i'm thinking of with that one is called repair the shelter but ultimately it comes down to fortify this area and don't let said object be destroyed next is search and destroy missions and just like the first one is exactly as it sounds typically you have to search for these nests oh encampments encampments i even that's what they're (laughs) called i almost forgot there's encampments that you have to go and destroy them and then there's also one literally called eliminate and collect where you have to kill certain types of husks get their samples and collect them all before like the storm hits on the destroy the encampments ones if, if you destroy all the encampments you can leave early because you have like 20 minutes to do it so that one you can leave early but there's just a few different variations where it's like search for certain things either encampments or specific specific husk kill them get their resources bada bing bada boom you're done So the two other missions that we have available to us is the escort mission, which is really few and far in between. Like you don't really get them that often. And it's sort of a mixture between the build a base and the search and destroy. But it doesn't really fit into either category because you have to find a building, the search part, and then you build a track to it and defend a bomb that is going from one place to another. So... You have to fortify and protect, and then the bomb starts moving, and you basically protect it until you get to its location. So it's kind of like a mixture of both. But it you don't really get these missions that often, and it's kind of unusual, so we thought we'd mention it anyway, but it's just one of those ones that are very seldom. And then you have the Homeland Defense missions. 
So in Save the World, you have to complete missions in certain areas, which these areas are Stonewood, which is recommended for a power level of 1 through 19. This is the beginning zone, which also has the tutorial missions. Then you have Plankerton, which is for recommended power levels between 15 to 46. You have Canny Valley, recommended for 40 to 70. And Twine Peaks, which is recommended for 76 to 100. All of them, you get your own home base location. And it's your job to fortify it to your standards, basically. As, as fortified as you want in any way you want to do it. And you just build how you see fit. You can make really cool buildings. You can make really crappy looking buildings that are defended out like out the wazoo. Doesn't even matter. As long as you can defend it. Then you have to also defend some amplifiers that basically when you unlock an amplifier, I believe your base gets larger. So you have more area to defend and more areas to set up traps. So as you get this giant base, you periodically have to come back and defend it against waves and enemies. Each time the waves get stronger and stronger. And this is why resource gathering in the other missions are very important because when you come back to your homeland, you have to use the missions or the materials you got on other missions. So if you're not really one to collect, you're going to struggle significantly on these homeland defense missions. And I really like the way they did this. Because you have your outside the base missions, collecting stuff, and those are fun, but sometimes you just kind of want to, it's, it's really difficult during these missions when you have a really good defense, and then the mission's over, and you're, you lose these defenses. So it's really nice to have this home base where you can set it up how you want, make it really cool, and then you can come back to it and keep improving upon it. And then you can also practice good strategies and bad strategies. So it's a way you can test your strengths, but also be rewarded by having something that you can always come back to. And I really like that. Yeah, I really like the Homeland Defense, too, because like you said, you get like the freedom to use it. And then if you have like these high end trap schematics or even if you just find one from a mission, from a chest, from doing a mission, sometimes you really don't want to use it, especially if you only have like one or two on a mission that's going to end in five minutes. Where if you use it at your homeland defense, it gets so much more value because there are different ways they can attack, north, south, east, and west. But even if you put it somewhere, like say to defend the west, say it only on defense mission two or whatever, only one wave attacked it. Well, then you come back for defense mission three, and now three waves come through it. So now you get so much more value out of it, and I just feel it gives you a little bit more of a rewarding experience. Not to mention, it's your base. Like, I feel like you naturally will be drawn towards it because you're like, oh, this is my base. I want to make it like this. So, like, when the waves come and you know you live through it, you're you kind of get that high and mighty feeling like, haha, you couldn't penetrate my defenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you said, when I'm building on just those build a base and survive type of missions outside of Homeland, I don't want to use my good materials because I know in 20 minutes they're going to be gone forever. So I always like to bring those back to my home and use them there. It's just like you said, you get so much use out of it. And you don't feel as guilty using it because you have like these high level things and you're just like, do I really want to try like waste these on 
uh, wave mission that it's just going to disappear. It doesn't seem pointful. So the home base was a good way to make you use some of your resources. And not to mention, I, you probably don't know because you didn't play it early on, but like some of my experiences of like when it first came out was one, as I mentioned earlier, I waited so long for it. I practically like no like this for <laughs> at least a few months when it first came out. And one thing I noticed right away was when we had that like 100 limit, people wouldn't, especially metal, people wouldn't use metal in the beginning stages to fortify defenses. Everyone would use wood because you could easily get wood everywhere. Because we're like, oh, we want to use the metal for our homeland base, not for here. And like, though it was beginning levels, we didn't have any schematics for stronger weapons and stuff. So a lot of times you were stuck with whatever you found on that mission. And it actually made missions so much harder because nobody was willing to use their precious resources. They wanted to use it for their homeland bases. But now with it being like 999, I could care less. If I will use all, all my metal on one mission if I have to. Especially now because I'm a higher level, you kind of need to use metal, you can't really get away with just using wood. Mm -hmm. I'm in the I'm in Canny Valley for a reference. I think I'm level like 54 or 56, so I'm like kind of in the middle of Canny Valley power spike. So I kind of have to use at minimum stone. Wood doesn't cut it anymore, especially with different elemental husks coming through. But yeah, that was one major problem at the beginning was like nobody wanted to use their resources because as you said. Why use it on a mission that's only going to last us 10-15 minutes when Homeland Base, you have 10 Homeland Bases to complete each area. So it's like, you're going to get so much more out of it. Completely agree. All those points like were spot on. I mean, and like you said, I didn't play in the early stages, so I don't know that struggle to it. But when we did start like just gathering resources... It wasn't too difficult for us because of the upgraded capacity, so I wasn't afraid to use the stronger materials. Especially when, I mean, I didn't, I'm not as far as you, so I don't have the struggle of needing to use metal, but I can tell the, the difference between stone and metal when I'm going into some of those missions. Do you remember the resource cap when you played? Was it at like 500 or was it at the 999? I think it was at 500, but then as we played, like shortly after we started playing, it jumped to the 999. That's what I thought too, because I didn't think it started right away at your 999. Yeah, I think we had the struggle of not having the full cap, but it wasn't like that bad of a struggle because it was still pretty significant. Yeah, and that brings me up another issue. This is... (laughs) <laughs> one of the vent, just like, vent man <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the main things i honestly i still love save the world i actually just recently streamed it yesterday because after writing this up i was like i actually want to play <laughs> and it was actually a lot more enjoyable i think it was nice that i took a break from it for so long and now i'm i tried going back into it and it was actually really fun confusing as fuck trying to learn the controls back on the computer when i'm so used to console but anyways too off tangent now uh one of the gripes i have is obviously i played it a lot more than my friends have like you included you guys are still in stonewood two 
areas below me now. I think you guys are like I don't I don't know if you guys hit double digits yet, but even when they first started playing, I was only like I think in the 30s, maybe almost 40. I was in Plankerton, just the next area. And when you get experience points, you get a lot more experience points the harder the mission. And so like in Plankerton, I was getting almost like a million XP. I would get like five or 600,000 XP per mission. Stonewood, you get like 10K, which understandable, Stonewood early on. But if I was too high of a level, I got nothing. And I thought that was stupid. Like, what if friends want to play and you've already played like I have? Like, I want to play with you guys, but then it also kind of sucks that, like, we can, like, if we game for two to three hours, you guys could go up ten levels, and then I don't even gain any XP. So it's kind of like, so I just used my resources and got nothing out of it. I mean, yes, I, I would still want to do it to play with friends, but it's just like, just give me that XP. Like, yeah, it takes me like 1.5 million to level up so just give me the 10k xp it's not gonna like i'm not gonna abuse the system and go to these lower levels because i would have to do that mission like uh, over a hundred times or a thousand times than if i just did like two missions back in plankerton so i just never understood why they just made it they're like oh no cut off you're way too high no xp like how is that going to abuse the system if we get 10k XP when we need 1.5 million to level up? That's fair. See, um, we actually did make it to Plankerton before we stopped playing. We just didn't get very far in Plankerton. But I do see... I think it just comes down to... like Obviously, playing with friends wouldn't be an issue. But I think it comes down to... If a stranger... like If a stranger joined your matchup and they just kind of abused sort of abused it by taking over the game by setting up all their defenses and getting all the kills that they can it would definitely take away a lot of the experience that some of the lower players could have gained if they, that stronger player didn't join but i do see your your complaint and it makes a it's a valid argument because that 10k isn't going to do as much for you as it would them but i think it just is a way to try to prevent strong players from really screwing up the game for the low the smog fry but if i'm not mistaken the kills are maybe maybe it's been a while but i could have swore like when i had quests of like i had to kill 500 husk it did it as a team so if like someone else killed husk i still got credit for it you could still get other people's quest items so like yeah i guess it could get rid of like their favor but I don't, I, maybe there would be every now and then a person that does it. But I, when I was low level, I mean, even when, I guess maybe because the game was just starting out, I don't see very many high level people going to low level areas. I mean, obviously it could be because there's no XP because of that. But like even going into something where the power level was like 15, I think the highest I ever saw was like a level 20 person so i wish if they keep that then maybe like if it knows you created a party because you can obviously create parties and mm -hmm. then go to missions if it 
created a party, it would at least go like, oh, okay, let's see how much XP your party members get, and then you'd get that. Right. Like, so if they knew you were partied with someone, then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, th- I definitely think if you're in a party that you specifically invited this person into, I think the whole XP issue is a no-brainer. Like, it should be fine to give the other person XP. But if you are someone jumping into a random lobby, I could see why it would discourage that. But yeah, I think your argument makes sense, and that would probably be a better option. But probably take a lot more coding in general, so it probably would be more difficult to implement. So it probably will never do that. Well, then I wish the or maybe just make it simple. Like, do you want to your high level in order to gain XP, you must make it private. Do you mm. wish to do this? That would be yeah, that'd be smart too. Yeah, definitely plenty of options that should be implemented. Then we have Battle Royale. Now we're on to the part you probably came here to listen to. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, when everyone hears Fortnite, they automatically think the Battle Royale. Now, love it, hate it, either way, you can't deny the impact this game has had on the gaming community. I played since Season 0, before there were even skins implemented in the game. And yes, I have footage of me playing for proof, if any of you guys want to doubt me. I've been playing on and off, mostly off this past year. I would say I stopped playing since the start of Season 2, Chapter 1. i kind of been off and on since then. This was back when I believe they only had... Uh, like, I first started playing back when they only had like maybe five name locations and mostly just empty space. The game has gone through a lot of changes since then, as I'm sure you guys are well aware. Hell, the map changes every season now, which is how they implemented a story-like background now. Like mentioned earlier, you jump from the sky via the battle bus, and you can jump just about anywhere on the map. All you are are armed with is a pickaxe and must quickly find loot to arm yourself against the other participants. Remember, there is a total of 100 people while you're playing solo, duo, or squad, so always keep an eye out and watch your back. You can find many guns, grenades, or consumables lying on the ground, but the best loot typically comes from chests that are scattered and hidden throughout the map. You can hold a total of five different items at one time, while ammo is infinitely stacking, so unlike Apex Legends or other games, you don't actually consume a spot spot to hold your ammo, and resources, as mentioned earlier, for wood, stone or brick, whatever you want to call them, and metal are a total of 999. Yeah, and once you and possibly your squad mates are armed up, you must head towards the center of the circle. Once a few minutes has passed, the circle will appear on the map, and then a storm will come, and it'll slowly close in, making the circle smaller. And if you're caught on the outside of this circle once the time is up, it will start taking damage, and the storm will start like applying damage to you. And the more circles that have passed, the stronger the damage becomes. So as the game is getting, the arena is getting smaller and smaller, it's basically forcing you not to be on the outside of that circle, or else it could mean your end. So it's very important to check your map and find out the best spot to hold out, because this becomes critical 
because if you are stuck on the opposite side where the next circle spawns, it means you will not only have to fight opponents, but also race against the encroaching storm, which, again, could lead to your demise. So it's like, do you want to outrun the storm or do you want to fight people? You can kind of strategize into which one you're going to battle, but eventually the inevitable will come. So the circle continues to get smaller and smaller, forcing players to fight against each other. You can't just sit and hide. This is a way to prevent that. The game will finally end when the last person, duo, or squad is left alive and all the others have been eliminated. Thus, finally getting you that sweet victory royale. You can use, your tra use the train to your advantage as best as you can. And we can't really give you the best way to go about this seeing as how I really haven't played at all. And... Uh, you haven't really played in a while besides for streaming it the other night. Or actually, you, you said you were streaming Save the World. Yeah, I didn't do uh, the Battle Royale. I did yes. Save the World. So you've been out of Battle Royale for a while. And the maps are constantly changing, as you've already mentioned. So things are always going to be different every time you go into a new season. So the best thing to do is explore, experiment with what you get, and figure out what helps you get that victory royale. Because, I mean... It's all about using the environment to your advantage. And a lot of people can just battle really well, like get a gun and shoot. But then some people really take the building to their advantage. They will stack up really high and snipe people out. And honestly, it amazes me some of the things these people can do because I am not as skilled as they are. And I know they hotkey really well so they can change how they build. But it's just amazing how fast these people can toggle through different building materials and use that to their advantage. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't have a uh, very good relationship with uh, building in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I play mostly on console as well. I don't really play on PC. I kind of like it on console because I think PC is a little too strong, I guess you could say. I feel like, especially since it's been out a, a, a while, there's going to be a, a lot of people that have a lot faster reflexes than me. But also, I don't know, I'm just more comfortable with it on console, especially when it comes to like FPSs. But I definitely had, I won't say I like hate this game. It's a love-hate relationship. It's just like League of Legends or Apex Legends, any like online game that you people will play you'll go through spurts where you absolutely love this game then you absolutely hate this game and all this stuff and i've been through so many seasons so many different events and different game modes and i've had a lot of fun like i said i've been playing since practically day one although i've been as i mentioned i've been going on and off especially since the newest season two chapter one started and everything but I definitely had a lot of fun times, especially when the map was first changing. I remember one of the biggest changes was the cube. Mm, I Did remember you... that one. Yeah, I saw okay. a lot of memes and stuff on it. Yeah, even someone who doesn't play the Battle Royale knew about the cube. And I feel like that is almost like towards its peak, I want to say, is when kind of like that happened is because we had so many like people who were here, community members, and I had a lot of fun. I was learning the game. I was learning how to build faster, build better, and all this stuff. But 
nowadays it's just you have to actually put in practice hours to be good at this game. I remember though one of my one of my first solo victory royales I had was insane. I hid for the most of the game. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> until like the final like five people. And I killed two of them. And it came down to there was three of us left. One dude built up like really high and he had like a whole bunch of buildings. So you couldn't, it wasn't one of those buildings you couldn't just destroy and have him fall because there was like his building was connected to so many other buildings that we were basically, I, I thought I was basically screwed. He had the high ground. I didn't. Well, I the other the guy, high ground, Anakin. <laughs> exactly. The third guy, I saw him like, crouching trying to sneak and i was like oh i got his ass and i easily killed him so now it's just 1v1 and i'm panicking because like this is the first time i've ever gotten even like to second place on my own i usually play with at least duos or squads and i'm like freaking out because i'm like oh my god it's 1v1 this dude's up in the air like what am i gonna do i turn and i just see this body fall and explode (laughs) And I and then I just see victory royale, and I'm just like, what? What, what just and happened? I quickly saved the clip and everything. This was I think before the like the replay system was implemented, and I just looked and I don't know what the guy thought he was doing. Maybe he thought he could try to do the little meme strat where you try to kill the person before you hit the ground because the the circle wasn't like very small like obviously it was pretty small because it was towards the end of the game but it wasn't like so small where i couldn't hide and so i don't know what he thought but yeah i just see this person fall explode and yeah it was just insane but i also like i mentioned i played a lot of like squads and me and my friends we also we did squads and we got victory royales and everything. I, th- I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to look up the stats and everything of how much we did. But we always had fun when we did it. We always had like set places we would go. Haunting Hills. Uh, I don't even know if Haunting Hills is still a thing. I remember, remember Tomato Town. That's no longer a thing. I know that for sure. But... When it became the the temple, Tomato Temple, that was a fun place to land. And that Food Wars mini game that they added to it where it was, oh, what's the, Der Burger. Der Burger versus Tomato Pete? Or Pete Tomato? I forget what it was, but it was like a 20v20 or 30v30 type thing and one one team obviously had the like tomato statue and the other person had the dirt burger statue and he had to go and fight like defend your spot through here and like you had i don't did you did we have some traps we might have had the spike the spike floor i think that's about it and obviously whatever weapons you found and you guys would fight and basically try to destroy each other's tower that was a fun one 50 v 50 i don't know if they ever brought that back but it's exactly what it says like 50 
on one team, 50 on another team. And because you had so many teammates, you could obviously revive them. That was fun, but the only thing was, it was like, once you got behind, there was really no coming back. So, like, if it, while you were playing, if it went from, like, 45 to, like, 36, that 36 team almost had no way of coming back. I've never seen a comeback story come from there. There probably is on YouTube, but I've never seen it. So, with that, it was kind of like, you'd always have an advantage if you had the more people, which, obviously, 50 v 50, who would have thought? So, yeah, my experiences with Battle Royale are very few and far in between because I really didn't play that much. I think I've played it twice, and I'm just not really... As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, not really a multi-person type game when it comes to strictly battling other players. And I'm not the best at it, so that may play a part in this. But I'm not, yeah, I'm just not good at it, so I didn't give it much of a chance. But that's not to say I can't give it credit, like credit where it's due. Because the free-to-play nature of the game, which is the Battle Royale aspect of it, is the biggest reason why Fortnite became so popular and had such a big impact on the gaming industry. They had really good marketing, I think, too. Just enabled to reach, enabled them to reach so many players. So since it was free to play, it really helped add players to their game and it let it explode. At the time of the release in 2017, there wasn't much competition for Battle Royale games in general. Their biggest competition was PUBG or Player Unknown Battleground. But I just I feel like even though it was popular, and the PUBG elitists will say that it's the first battle royale and Fortnite stole their idea, which m- may be true. Like maybe the popularity of PUBG helped inspire battle um, Fortnite to make battle royale. Minecraft Hunger Games is the OG. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was actually gonna throw that in there. Yeah, it's just, I think Fortnite did it better uh, overall, and that's why they got such huge success. And yeah, there was just like no competition, and the building aspect of this game honestly made it unique because Player Unknown Battleground, PUBG, it was just basically straightforward fighting, which is great and all. People love it. But the building aspects of it really added just something to it. But the building aspects in the early stages were very clunky and not used too often. So it honestly wasn't a huge contributor, but it did add to the experience. But now it's a part of the core gameplay and adds a unique spin to the whole entire genre. So it's debatable on how impactful it was in the beginning, but now it's just completely blows most of the competition out of the water. And of course the building has some good and it has some bad when it comes to the reputation. Like I don't know any other battle royale games that do this, but there are some in the community that don't enjoy it. And I personally don't enjoy it just because obviously I've said I didn't play it much, but it just adds too much to it for me. It's, it is what it is. I know a lot of people probably like it a lot, but I'm I'm bad at building, and I don't know if you are too, Bobby, but I just can't get a hang of it, so I think that's one of the biggest turnoffs for me. 
Yeah, so it's a core aspect of the game. I think it is very important to the game. I just don't care for it too much. And overall, I think the success is basically based on that. And like you said, Minecraft Hunger Games was probably the OG Battle Royale, but no one really gives them credit, so can't really talk about it too much. I was obsessed with Minecraft Hunger Games, though. That was like my shit. Yeah, that was before they had a combat overhaul, too, mm-hmm. so you couldn't just spam click anymore. Yeah, I I kind of stopped with Minecraft Hunger Games after the um, combat overhaul. Just because I didn't... We already talked about this in the Minecraft episode, but I didn't like the strategic aspect of the overhaul. But this isn't a Minecraft episode. Go check that one out if you want to learn more about our opinions <laughs> on that. But yeah, I agree with you because I can't tell you how many times I could sneak up behind someone and either headshot or even body shot them for anywhere between 100 to like 175 health, depending if I like use a pump shotgun or whatever. And they just happen to be full on shields and health. And then next thing I know, they build a freaking skyscraper and end up <laughs> killing me because I got lost in the building process. So that part made me like really hate the building aspect. But like I said, or like you also said, it became like a core part of the gameplay it makes it unique compared to like every other battle royale on there so it's not something you can just take away anymore but that's just my little gripe about it but another thing fortnite or at least i feel like fortnite has popularized is the battle pass because now every game that comes out is like buy premium or buy our battle pass or buy our season pass whatever they want to call it because I don't really recall seeing them until Fortnite came to the scene. So, like I said before, it could have existed beforehand, but I feel like it didn't really come out until Fortnite came. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, as long as the game, like Fortnite does, gives you a way to make in-game currency rather efficiently compared to other games, I would say, without having to buy it. Because if you have saved the world, or even in Battle Royale, there are a few different ways, like completing daily quests that can help you get in-game currency, then using said in-game currency, so you can buy the Battle Pass, which gives you even more in-game currency, and skins, and all this stuff to continue buying for each season. Another reason why I think it helped Fortnite become popular, because of the ability to get this in-game currency to help buy you skins and like other cosmetics yeah and like you said the battle pass thing i really didn't see it that much beforehand either fortnite i think really made it popular and i think that's because they obviously had the numbers behind them so when they released the battle pass the popularity really got to the players and obviously fortnite wasn't going away for a while so people would buy the battle pass And I think other game companies saw that as an opportunity. Like, if Epic Games can do this successfully, why can't we? And that proved to be a very important part of a lot of games coming forward from that. And there's a lot of gripe about battle passes and stuff like that. But the companies are making money off it, and I don't see it going away anytime soon. But I I think Fortnite really made it popular with the success of the battle pass. See, I wouldn't mind it if the game was free to play and they had ways 
of getting like the in-game currency like how Fortnite does because like if you at least have saved the world which honestly i think right now like just the basic is 40 dollars maybe it's gone down to 20 or maybe i just saw it on sale for 20 but either way if you spend a one-time payment on that from day one from getting it when i spent 40 dollars well i think i spent 60 because i got the whatever the prestige edition whatever the frick it was called but anyways just if you bought the base game up until now i guarantee you i've probably accumulated easily over like thirty thousand, probably way more than that over four years of playing it on and off going away for almost two years and so that's easily cuts off how much like just paying 20 bucks for 10,000 V bucks or whatever it is nowadays. So the game does give you opportunities to get the in game currency. So that's why I don't have too much gripe for Fortnite's Battle Pass. But there are plenty of other games yeah. that they give you a Battle Pass that they're like, oh, you can only get this exclusive skin on the Battle Pass. Yeah. But then the Battle Pass doesn't really give you anything besides cosmetics, where at least in Fortnite, they also give you ways to earn V bucks even in the battle pass. So it costs like nine fifty for the V bucks. But, but if you say you didn't buy any skins, by the time you finish, you would have enough bare minimum to buy the next season battle pass over and over again without spending any money. So I think they did battle pass right. It's just other games I have gripes about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's good ways to do it, and there's bad ways to do it. And I think Fortnite is fairly decent when it comes to it. Again, one of the reasons I think it made it popular. Mm-hmm. For sure. And another huge thing that I think helped keeps it popular is map changes. Unlike other games like Apex Legends or PUBG when it first came out, I know they have like two different maps. Apex Legends I know has two different maps, but... As I kind of mentioned earlier, Fortnite practically changes maps every few months, thus give, giving you like a new experience and help keeping the fan base engaged. Some people may not like it because they're like, oh, I don't like change. I like this area. Or other people are like, oh, yes, bring new areas because now everyone knows this cheap location where you can stand on and snipe a person 100 whatever meters away and easily get kills. Well, now it's gone. And so now it's like, whether you're a veteran or not, it's brand new to everyone. So everyone's kind of like on equal grounds. And they also added like a storyline now to it. Every time like the new season comes with the cinematics and stuff. So it also helps keep people engaged. I think I mentioned in our Twitch episode that one of the Marvel seasons chapter... I don't know what it was, like five or six, they actually broke Twitch mm-hmm. for like five or ten minutes because of how many people came in to watch it. And I just think having a constantly changing map, not like so constant that it's like you never get used to it, but just enough to where like you can get used to it and enjoy it for like a month and then it like changes or just changes a portion of the map that you can go and explore new things so it doesn't get like dull and that's why i think it also being out for four years why it's still 
almost always at the top of Twitch and it's still popular. It hasn't really like completely died down. I think it's kind of hit a plateau a little bit, but it hit that plateau like high and it hasn't really like fallen. Right. Yeah. They're, I'm still amazed with how popular they are because of how repetitive the game is, but the map change probably helps a lot because despite some people not liking change, I think the overall majority does like change and that is really helping them. But the only, uh, bah, but not the, um, hmm. <laughs> I can't speak. But, but what? what? Huh? <laughs> but not, that's not the only thing that is helping its success. Events are a big part of Fortnite. And as you mentioned, they had a Marvel night that broke Twitch, but they also had Star Wars and even famous singers and actors that will collaborate with them. Just They'll collaborate with just about anyone to give the fan base a good experience. And that is a huge part of what Fortnite's all about, honestly. The company, Epic Games, is not afraid to just go for it and give people entertainment. And those aren't only the only popular events. They have these limited time events or LTEs, like 50 versus 50, and... I haven't played it, but it looked like it was a lot of fun. They had food wars that everyone played. and Either way, like Fortnite just does events well. I don't know who is in charge of all these events, but they need to get a raise. Because I feel like every time there's a new event, my Facebook feed, Twitter feed, they're both like bombarded with Fortnite. And it's just absolutely crazy to me. And one event kind of thing that i forgot to mention also is now they actually have like tournaments that go on like every week every monday is like solo every tuesday is duo every like friday is squads or something like that so they even give you chances to if you really wanted to improve you can because like after your first like one or two matches you end up getting paired up with people like similar to your skill level. So even if it's solo, after a few matches, you'll fight people in solo that are around your skill level, so you can kind of increase your skill cap, I guess. So that's another thing that they kind of probably help keep people engaged is they do kind of help the casual people, but then they also help the like professionals. So whether you love or hate this game, now or you loved it now you hate it or you hated it now you love it whatever you hate it because it's popular and trying to be edgy either way you go about it you can't deny the success fortnite has and how big of an impact it really has on the gaming community with the battle royale genre with the battle pass just other events like with having marvel come in star wars come in even like we mentioned the famous singers and actors that come in like so many people will be a part of this and has i think not only helped fortnite but the gaming community in a general sense so whether you love it or hate it fortnite is around and i thought it was going to die out by now but it hasn't and i don't think it will at least for another couple of years yeah i think it's here to stay for quite some time and I'm not a big fan of the Battle Royale, like I've been mentioning, but I gotta give them where, like, give them praise. Like, it is successful, and everyone loves it. 
So for my question of the day for you guys is what part of Fortnite do you guys like and which parts do you hate? Because like I said, you love it, hate it. I love the diversity Fortnite has given us with the maps. I always love exploring new things. So I do love that feature. I do kind of hate how building, I know it's a core aspect of the gameplay now, but I just hate how the building is like almost better than your actual like aim wise now that the better builder can win over the better person who has like the better i guess not reaction time well i guess it is reaction time because like i said i could sneak up on someone just barely not kill them and then they could build a fortress and then i end up dying because i get lost in their building yeah and well yeah one of my favorite parts i mean it's just the save the world portion i just like the hybrid style tower defense i think it's just really enjoyable and a weird cool twist on tower defense and if you guys are some of the people who have played through many events what event is your favorite one out of them all so far because i'd be curious to hear the answers on that and i think that's about it so i'm going to leave you off with two facts one of the facts bobby already spoiled but epic games (laughs) first teased fortnite in 2011 back at spike tv video game awards and then obviously you said you heard it about a year later and you've been waiting ever since and we're pretty hyped the entire time yes and then my other fact is epic games created unreal game engine which is a very popular engine for game development and kind of like a staple in the gaming game indie game development community and they also are known for the I think it's called Gears of War series. That was theirs. So Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold the phone. You're telling me Epic Games created Gears of War, a bloody gore shoot 'em game, <laughs> and then made this cartoon Battle Royale? Uh-huh. Yes, they did. I don't know. I, I think they made all of them because i know sometimes when a game goes on for multiple series sometimes a different company picks it up but i believe they followed through with like all of the series of gears of I war i just got mind fucked yeah so people are like if you say epic games what do you think of fortnite nobody will say gears of war and gears of war is hugely popular is, like yeah. as well i oh my god it's not I, a, it's not a small i need a minute game. <laughs> mind-blown i need a minute to comprehend this (laughs) yeah i was pretty mind-blown when i realized that they made unreal game engine because so many games use it and i'm like wow they actually have big success before fortnite and then as i was going through i'm like gears of war seriously like i've never played gears of war but i know how successful it was and popular yeah i think gears of war was like xbox exclusive Mm -hmm. that's why i've never played it but i know like i know of it and everything like i I thought it was an awesome game just from watching the videos, but holy crap. Yeah. So, pretty significant. So, I hope those were some good facts today. So, that's about it from us. So, if you want updates, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Weebspawn. And email us at Weebspawn at gmail.com. That'll be it from us. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we'll see you guys next time when we weeb spawn.